Father, we just, uh, we want more. We ask. We ask for revelation this morning, Father. We ask for revelation on a deep level. We ask for revelation, Lord, that surpasses the knowledge that we have right now. That this, this revelation, Lord, would, would springboard us, would launch us into a new depth of relationship with you. And Father, that that relationship would manifest itself in how we treat other people. It would manifest itself in how we see not only ourselves, but Lord, how we see you, how we see your children, how we see each other. And Lord, it would transform the way that we think, transform the way that we act. Father, it would transform even the way that we breathe. A revelation, Lord, is what I ask for us. We can die to ourselves. We can pick up our cross and follow you daily. But the flesh wouldn't die a little bit more today, Lord. It would completely perish. You ask us to slide all of ourselves across the table. Not just the pinky, not just the hand, not just the arm or the leg, but Father, our complete self. So I pray this morning for revelation, for transformation. We can walk in your glory. Because Lord, we have a correct view of who you are and of each other. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. And then you guys are free to be seated. Don't y'all just love that song? Hosanna. And we haven't sang that here in a while. But it's great. It's a great song. And, and I can't help but get past the bridge of this song. And I'm just going to read it to you real quick. Because it's, it's a good springboard into uh, what's, what's going to be brought this morning. It says, heal my heart and make it clean. And then it says, open up my eyes to the things unseen. Again, this isn't scripture, but I'm reading it like scripture. <laughs> it says, show me how to love like you have loved me. Show me how to love like you love me. There's a verse that we have in our discipleship training class. And it's, uh, let's see here. It's Luke John 14. No, Luke, excuse me. Luke 13, 34 and 35. Did I get that right? Just John? Excuse me. I always get them mixed up because there's four Lukes and 16 Johns and five Matthews and yeah. So it's John 13, 34 and 35. Okay? And what this says is a new commandment I give to you to love one another like I have loved you. To love one another just like I showed you. And it's a new commandment for a reason. Because before that commandment came, we had the Ten Commandments that said, love your neighbors as yourself. Well, let me ask you this question. What happens when you don't love yourself? Then you say to yourself, well, I've got to work on loving myself before I can love others, right? That's not what that means. <laughs> it's very selfish in nature. So Jesus comes in and says, a new commandment I give to you. I'm not saying that commandment in the Ten Commandments was selfish. Don't hear me say that. I've got to make sure that I make right on that statement, okay, so I don't get emails on that. But what I am saying is this, this verse says, here's the rubric. Here's the, 
the measuring stick by which I want you to love one another. Are you with me this morning? We're going to deviate just a little bit from Romans today. We're going to be in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. And the reason for that is, is because of uh, Christmas Family Sunday. I like to call it Family Christmas Sunday. I just use both all the time because just cover the whole gamut. But what this day is, is it's about honoring the family. It's about honoring an institution that the Lord has set up for a reason. It's supposed to look a certain way. Now, I could probably get a lot of amens in here by saying the family is one of those institutions that the Lord has set up that is under attack today. Amen? For a big, big reason. If the enemy can get between a husband and a wife, if he can drive a wedge between those two people, it trickles down to the kids. It trickles to the rest of the family. The family in and of itself being a tight-knit unit is important. But what would cause that to be separated? What's the foundation that we need to stand on, which is Christ, who is the cornerstone, obviously. But what's our conduct with each other that allows us to, hey, here we go, make the holiday season one that's fun. Anybody in here? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand. But is the holiday season good or bad for you? It, there can be friction. There can be a lot of friction in a lot of different moments with a lot of different people. And it also can be a joyous time as well. We're going to be looking at this scripture. I'm going to read through this scripture here. And throughout the message, I'm going to have a couple people come up and give testimonies. And what those testimonies are going to be are simply just uh, what Christ is doing in their life, but also speaking a little bit about what it is in the Christmas season for them. How, what, what the Lord's doing now for them in a, in a time that could be both ends of the spectrum. So we get a chance to just hear from some people, and it's going to be good. Amen? Thank you. I didn't even have to say it that time. Good job, Kayla. Great. Encouragement. Let's read this scripture right quick, just so that we can get uh, the text for, the, for today. And then I'm going to make an appeal and a statement to you, and then I'm going to bring that first testimony up. But here's what this scripture is. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I love that verse. I want to make this statement here. I want to appeal to you guys this morning from Romans 12 too, since we kind of already touched on that scripture last Sunday, Sunday before. We're jumping into that chapter. And we could probably spend the next three, four months just in the first five verses 
first eight verses. It's, it's, it's pretty deep, but it, it's a very widely quoted scripture. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and don't be conformed to the world's thinking. I'm going to appeal to you this morning to be transformed. I want to appeal to you to be transformed not by necessarily anything that comes out of my mouth, but I want to appeal to you to let the Word of God speak to you on your conduct in your heart from now until the end of the year. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of what Scripture says. Are you with me this morning? Yeah, I just want to put that out there. Hey, let, let the Scripture hit you. Is that an okay thing? Can we do that? Yeah? All right, some of you guys are like, oh, wow. I don't know. But here's this next statement. Jesus never stiff-armed relationship. He never did. When we get the scripture, uh, John 13, 34, and 35, that he tells us to love one another like he loved us, within his loving us, he never stiff-armed an individual. Never. Not one time. He never came up to somebody and said, guess what, you are unworthy of me being able to approach you. Does that make sense this morning? Sometimes in the Christmas season, ladies and gentlemen, there are people who we don't want to see. Let's just be honest. <laughs> but let's go to the other side of the spectrum. Sometimes you just can't wait. So I'm not just talking about the fact that Christmas season can be a time of friction. I'm talking about it being a good thing as well. Why? Because it's about Jesus. Hallelujah. But if we're supposed to love like Jesus loved, I want to make that statement that he never stiff-armed anybody. So my question is, why do we do that? My appeal to you this morning is as you walk into that room where there's somebody who you don't necessarily want to talk to or somebody you want to be around, be transformed by the renewing of something, by the renewing of your mind. And what I'm asking you to be transformed by is the first part of this scripture in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. And here's what I want to do. Um, yeah, let me just read this, this very first verse. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, and here we go in verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, what I don't want to do is take Scripture out of context, but there's a statement being made there about origin. And when I walk into a room and I see somebody who Christ has made, who Christ is as interested in as you, who's going through things probably deeper than what you're going through, or maybe not, to be transformed by the fact that that individual is as much a child of God as you and I. To let my mind get off of myself, get off of my family, get off of anything that is comfortable for me and step into saying, you know what, you have been on Christ's mind just as much as I have. And for that, you are valuable. And for that, I'm going to approach you. And for that, I will see you as valuable as Christ does. Are you with me this morning? We get away from ourselves. We die completely to ourselves. We pick up our cross and guess what? We are then a good representation of who Christ is. You guys hear me talk about that all the time. I don't 
care how you feel. It gives us no right to be unkind to somebody. It gives us no right to put ourselves first and Christ in the back. We just got to switch those two. You with me this morning? Amen. So, we'll continue through this scripture. But in this holiday season, the point that I want to make in, in kind of in this introduction here is when we see people the way Christ sees them and that comes out of us, man, it changes our mentality. It changes the way that we handle people. Man, I could walk into a room ready to blow somebody up and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> I've done that before with the mentality in the past, like here's what I'm going to say, here's how I'm going to say it. I walk in, I look them in the eye, and I melt because Christ says, look, this is my kid. Don't you do that. Let's not treat each other like we're second-class citizens. Amen? Good. Now I got, who is it first? Kayla and Morgan coming up. Let's give them a round of applause. Hallelujah. Now these two are roommates, yes? And, and, and Okay. Therese was going to be up here. Everybody knows Therese, I think. Um, I don't think you guys need much of an introduction. Um, so what I'm going to do is just kind of let you speak and let whatever the Lord wants to flow through you to us. Yes. Not ten minutes. I'm sorry. Three to five minutes, okay? Okay. Now, if you go over five minutes, I'm going to have Beck in the background. He's going to give you this right here, okay? All right, I'm just playing. All right, okay. go, ahead. go ahead. Um, so I'm Kayla. This is Morgan, and then uh, Teresa's our roommate um, that can't be here. Um, but I'm just so blessed to have them as my housemates. Uh, the Lord really just brought us together, and we've been living together for how long have you been? Three months, kind of all three of us. Um, and it's really amazing that we've become a family, even though my family is far away in Colorado Springs, that the Lord um, has blessed me with a smaller family, just like brothers and sisters that will scare you. She does this with spiders and all sorts of things. So, and we bake together and we laugh together um, and we're frustrated and going through just the whole uh, life together. Um, so the one thing the Lord put on my heart uh, just to share real quickly uh, was about just this Christmas season as we're entering in it. Um, sometimes, you know, families, we're getting together. Sometimes we don't like each other. Um, we have disagreements. We've been hurt by our family. And the Lord was just really reminding me, just even sitting back there of, um, I want you to um, love them like I do and not through the experience or the situations or the hurt that you've had with them, but I want um, the, the love that uh, you have experienced through me, through Christ to come out towards them, um, even when it's difficult or even if they respond negatively uh, back to us about something or they don't like a decision we made to just keep uh, just pursuing and pressing in uh, forth uh, with that love. Um, and one of the uh, new traditions that just started in my family for Christmas 
is uh, we have a family tree, and it got passed to me. So now I'm going to be putting up this tree in our little mini family in our house, and we get to decorate that and carry that on, and I hope to someday to give it to uh, one of my kids and for them to be able uh, to do <laughs> the same thing. Um, so I hope that encourages you guys, and I'm going to let Morgan say kind of what the Lord's been doing with her. Hello. Um, I think it's something that God's been showing me recently is just like how much he is a God of one truth. Um, and like, I don't know where he leads, he, he provides. So I just moved up here from outside of Dallas, Texas three months ago. And even if finding them as my housemates of like, I had this picture of like, I wanted a house that could like be able to pour out to be able to bring people in or it's like an open door kind of thing. And it's like when we finally Trace jokingly, I guess she got it from Kayla, maybe. <laughs> She's like, hey, are you looking for a place to stay? And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> um, and I need. I knew I, the Lord had highlighted September as something's coming next. Um, and I was didn't have a release to move from my house until September. And Kayla said, hey, our house, one of our housemates is getting married, and we need someone September 3rd. And I was like, September <laughs> 3rd? <laughs> um, and just the sweetness of like just getting to know them or Skype calling and um, hearing that they wanted to have a, a house of ministry. And I was just like, are you serious? Like everything that I had wanted in a house or housemates um, and just being a, a church body inside and just encouraging each other. I didn't have sisters growing up. Um, and just having sisters of Christ who are spurring you on and just pressing you on. And you can just, I don't know, it's just been a really, really sweet time of just seeing how much the Lord brings people together of like having the same mind. Um, and it's just been really sweet. So. Yeah. Off here. That was good. I appreciate that. And you kept it under three to five minutes. So we did not have to excommunicate you from the church. That was good. Um, a couple of things, you know, if you guys ever get a chance to sit down and hear Kayla's story, how she approaches people based on kind of where she's come from is kind of like, what's wrong with you? You should be mad. You should have a chip on your shoulder. You should. But you guys know Kayla's one of the most feisty people in this church. <laughs> if she's not feisty towards you, it basically means she doesn't love you. All right? So if you ever get a chance to sit down and, and speak to her about that, what she commented on while she was up here was, again, this, this love piece. Being able to sit in the same room with somebody who's probably hurt her uh, or, or been not so nice and be able to love them. That's a hard thing to do. But she's the walking testimony of being able to let love be poured out. Amen? We need to be the same way. So, Kayla, thank you so much. And the same with Morgan. Um, if you get a chance to hear her story on how she came up here. She basically got up here on a quarter tank of gas from Texas, right? Because Jesus said... He said go to four cons and he took care of it. Amen? So Jesus is going to take care of it. Hallelujah. So as, as we kind of continue in this this morning with John 13, 34, and 35 in our head and uh, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Anybody ever seen the show The Deadliest Catch? Ever seen that? Yeah. They're out there fishing for crab. 
I mean, thank God because I love crab, but why? Just why? And you watch this boat, you watch these people on this boat just get tossed back and forth in these massive waves, and it's cold, and there's ice everywhere, and they're out there just doing it every single day. And it's a great picture. It's a great picture that no matter what they do, those waves are going to come. Sometimes for us, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what we do, the waves are going to come. They're just going to come. But you see these captains just kind of like push on. They push through the waves and they say with their instrumentation, like it doesn't really matter, we're going to go hit this spot. And if there's anything that I can control, I'm going to control this boat. I can't control the waves, but I'm going to control this boat. I have a friend, his name's Chad, I grew up with him. He's up there doing that right now. So there's times where I see him on social media and I'm like, oh, thank God, he's still alive. Right? <laughs> it's good stuff. But I'm thinking about this analogy here and how often do we try to insulate ourselves from the waves? How often do we get to a point, anybody seen the movie uh, Captain Phillips and the guy says, I'm the captain now? You ever said that in your own life? I'm the captain now. I can't control the waves. I can't control the pain. I can't control how somebody's going to act towards me in the holiday season because being around family is just kind of whatever. But what I can control is myself, and I'm just going to insulate myself from the waves. It's a dangerous thing to say. Christ never intended for it to be that way. My appeal to you today is to let that go. Being the captain of your own boat is not what Christ is asking us to do through this time. He's not asking you to endure. He wants you to be healed. He wants revelation. He wants a different way of thinking. A different way of living. Are you with me this morning? What is that founded on? Number one, walking into a place and seeing that that person was created with as much love, care, and kindness as you were. It's origin in nature. Are you with me? And as we continue in this, uh, again, I'm appealing that you're transformed by these statements, by these statements in the Word. But your origin, not only those people's origin, but your origin is also in Him as well. But here's another piece of this. God's not looking for your approval on what he has already created from himself. We see in this scripture, Paul praying fervently. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Paul's prayer is a fervent one. My question is, do you pray for God's family, the ones that are super hard to love with the same fervency? Ladies and gentlemen, that will allow some things to crumble in you. Not letting yourself get to a place where you're trying to insulate yourself from somebody, but you pour yourself out for somebody else. What did we hear from Morgan? She wanted to be in a house that poured out. Are you a house, a body that pours out? Do we have or live in households that this is for you to sit before the Lord and talk to Him on, but is it a revolving door? I'm not saying it has to be that way for everybody, but are you willing to pour out? Not only just take stuff in, but are you willing to pour out? Are you with me this morning at all? 
So again, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its names that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. Let me make this statement really quick. According to the riches of his glory, the riches of our glory, ladies and gentlemen, they're not that cool. They're not that great. What I want to happen, what I want to see is not even close to what the Father wants to pour out according to His riches and glory. All of this is for a purpose. It's to be strengthened with power through His Spirit. Here we go. In the inner man. In the inner man. This inner man... How do I say this? in the most effective and uh, sensitive way. You guys have heard me say before that if I could put a trash can outside that says leave the masks here, that I would do that. So that when we walk in here, we're reminded that nobody's asking you to put on. Nobody's asking you to be fake. Maybe you've been here a thousand years. Maybe you've been here for the first time. When you come into this building for your inner man, to be gotten at, to be uh, moved, for revelation to hit that. Are you with me this morning? With that. But I would say in this holiday season for your inner man to be strengthened, there has to be a door open to that little boy and that little girl. The insulating yourself from the waves, he never asked you to do that. He never asked you to kind of fortify your heart so that it just wouldn't get hurt. When you realize that your origin is in Him, that you derived your name from Him, and so did everyone else, it's a transforming of how you think about things and allows you to walk into any situation and let the inner man be uh, uh, influenced and not just hold up and tight, but you begin to pour out. Does that make sense this morning? And as we continue, it says, In the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. You know, how do I say this? The Lord is a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. But when we put ourselves in a place where He should be, he can operate in that. Now what he will do is humbly remind you, remove you, maybe. I don't know, that's up to him. But when Christ dwells in us, guess what comes out of us? Yeah, anybody? Hey, hey. A plus. It was a multiple choice. <laughs> but when there is self in there, what comes out? Self. When Christ dwells in us, there is... Okay, here we go. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being... Here we go. This is the title of this message. Rooted and grounded in love. I'm going to make this statement. It's hard to be rooted and grounded in love separate from Christ. When He does not dwell in here, there is no rooting and grounding. When we dwell on ourselves, we're rooted and grounded in our pain. We're rooted and grounded in our experience. We're rooted and grounded in insulating our heart. And I'm just appealing to you guys this morning saying, who's going to be the change agent? Do you feel as though God is calling you to be the change agent? He might be. 
He might be. But in order for that to happen, ladies and gentlemen, rooted and grounded in him, because he is dwelling in us, rooted and grounded in love is where that springs from. That's where life comes from. Am I making any sense to anybody this morning? Amen? I know I've asked that like 45 times. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Being rooted and grounded, something comes from this. Verse 18 and 19. So that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, unified in one nature, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now I've heard this statement before, and I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to contradict myself. Okay? <laughs> Just letting you know. To know is to understand, and to understand is to do. If you really, I've had my parents ask me something, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And I say, yeah, yeah. Well, do you understand? Of course. Well, then why didn't you do it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Can we start over? This is a different type of knowing. This is a different type of knowing. And how do we know that? We see this in uh, verse 19 where it says, basically, the Lord wants us to know something that surpasses knowledge. We have verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. You want, to, you want me to know something that surpasses knowledge? That's a little, I don't really know if I understand that statement. But here it is. The knowing is in the practice. The knowing is in me applying that to my life. The knowing, hey, let me say it like this. It's easy to love when everything is comfortable. But the Lord never asked us to do that. It's easy to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge when there's somebody sitting in front of me who I just love to pour out to. It's easy to sit here in church where everybody's in the same mind, everybody's agreeing, everyone's praising the same God. But when you walk into a family that that's not necessarily the case, it can be a tough deal. Are you going to be the change agent because you're rooted and grounded in love? Not rooted and grounded in what Christ, or excuse me, what you think Christ wants you to be in. Rooted and grounded and transformed by the word of God. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to stop there before I hit this word fullness. The last part of this verse. And I'm going to bring up, um, if we're ready, Jacob for our, our second testimony here. Let's give Jacob a round of applause. Now, I have not said your last name because I don't want to butcher it. Okay, so you're going to have to tell them cool. uh, what your last name is. But you've been with us for how long now? Uh, about a year. A year? Yeah. Okay. And you just, you just kind of, you came in by way of who? It was actually your dad. Johnny Square spoke at Nav Night Navigators, a program I'm part of with CSU, and Joe. Um, I actually wasn't at that at Nav Night, and so I got connected through Joe because he's one of my good right friends. So. Well, Jacob's been helping us out a lot up, up top with the AV stuff, and it's, he's only been here a year, and he's serving. And that's, the, that's what it's supposed to look like. So, brother, go ahead on. Let us know what the Lord's doing in you, man. 
So yeah, my name is Jacob Petterly. Um, I've been coming here for a year, and it's just been it's been so cool and life giving to be at this church. It's 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 really been a blessing to me. And I just want to praise God this morning for um, this mess has honestly been one of the just craziest like four months of my life. Just so many ups and downs, and um, it actually started as just a really dark spiritual and just like. Um, probably one of the darkest spiritual like nights of my life for the first like month and a half of this semester, um, and it, God kind of it was actually kind of cool what you were talking about today, and it kind of reminded me of like um, the five loaves and two fishes of where God God knew exactly what the what the disciples had and what they had in the crowd. He he knew there were five loaves and two fishes, but he still asked like, "What do you have to give me?" Not that like what do you have so you can feed these people? Like, I'm going to use what you have. But he wanted them to bring before what they didn't have, pretty much. What their lack. And um, he used that not to use their gifts, but to get them to a place where they realized they, they didn't have any hope without him. And God really just used that time in the beginning of this semester to um, to bring me to that place where just just... A brokenness of like this situation is like hopeless without without God. Um, and in one one thing, I just want to praise God, especially for there's there's so many just stories from this semester of just how God's just been so faithful and good. And I've honestly just been so overwhelmed by Him. Uh, but one story, just um, it just brought me to my knees and just in tears of Him was um, my. I'm really close to my family, and my um, dad's always been like a great leader, and um, God's grown him a lot. But um, I just never really had like a spiritual leader through him, and not to say he wasn't a good man because he was. Um, and it, God just has a way of like He gives you stuff that you didn't even know you desired, um, and it brings you to just. It just brought me to tears because that because um, it was through a conference my mom and dad went through, and I was just talking to him one night. And just me sharing something with him, um, he just like acknowledged like God's like sovereignty and just orchestrating events and just it was one of the first like true like spiritual conversations I've ever just like connected with my dad, and it was one of the coolest things ever. Um, like I said, I honestly just bawled my ass out for like 30 minutes, and it's it's just so incredible. And I just wanna um, just felt like I should share that this morning because it, it was so just just like God is just give something to me that I didn't even realize I wanted. And um, yeah, he he's so faithful and good. So Amen, Amen. Thank you for that, brother. Thank you. Good. Um. You know, the, the three people who've, who've come up here, do you guys mind if we just pray for them right quick? Can we do that? Um, Father, I thank you for Jacob, for Kayla, and for Morgan as they've given their, their little peace this morning, the peace that you have put on them to, to give. Lord, I, I thank you for the representation of you that they have been today uh, through their testimony. We've seen um, how you work and how, Lord, you take us off of ourselves and you put us so firmly on who you are. And what it does is it breaks our heart. Uh, it breaks our heart to a place where, um, Father, then what we can do is we can go and we can give. We can pour out. 
even more. And so, Father, I don't want to uh, move forward before we just we bless these three individuals and thank them for um, their testimonies this morning. And Father, I pray that you would continue to pour out in their lives so they can be a good representation and, and, and continue to do that more and more and more on a daily basis. And Father, do that with the rest of us as well. Do that with the rest of us. Bring us to a place, Father, of revelation, transformation, and then application. Father, just getting on the street and just letting it come out because that's what's in us. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Thank you guys for that. Now, as we, as we kind of close this scripture, we have one little, one more piece for this morning. And is Misty Dasher... Here? Oh, wow, look at you. You are right there. Now, are you going to need a microphone? Yes. Okay, I will get that ready for you. A part of Christmas Family Sunday is not only families and people getting up here, you know, giving testimonies, but it's also about the kids, right? Can't forget the kids, because kids future the church. Hallelujah. So, I so appreciate what Misty has done uh, with the children. I'm going to kind of let her take over here in a second. Um, give me like two minutes, okay? This word right here, fullness. You know what? Let me use that for the closing because we're just going to get the kids up here, all right? So why don't you just, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just throwing a wrench and everything. So I'll give you this. Do you need me to move this podium? Yes, please. Okay. Okay, you guys ready? All right. So here Take we go. One. Follow me. Follow me. Let, let's <laughs> clap for the kids as they come out, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Well, hello, Yusis. My name is Misty, and I help run this children's ministry here. We have these amazing children. Today, we're just going to tell you guys, well, they're going to tell you guys, um, how they feel about Christmas, their favorite thing, and what Christmas means to them. So we're going to just go right down the line. Hello, sir. What is your name? Seth. And Seth, how old are you? Eight. Eight. Wow. And what is your favorite thing about Christmas? The Holy Spirit. That is there awesome. Go. There we go. Excellent. Okay, moving down the line. That's what is your one. name? That's your kid. Joel. Joel, and how old are you? Eight. Wait a minute. You're the same age as him. Are you guys brothers? Are you twins? No way. And what is something really special that your family does on Christmas? Bake cookies. Ooh, cookies are delicious. Okay, moving down the line. I'm going to go behind you so I don't block you guys. Hello, lovely girl. What is your name? Frankie. Frankie, and how old are you? Eight. Eight. And what, is, what does Christmas mean to you? Opening, celebrating, <laughs> celebrating, um... Jesus' birthday. Okay. And what is your favorite thing about Christmas? Opening presents. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one, too. Yeah. Hello there, Master. I almost said your name. Sorry. What is your name? Thomas. Thomas. And how old are you? you got to look at the people. They want to see your awesome face. Eight. Eight. And what is the capital of California? Just kidding. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about Christmas? Uh, I don't You don't know? Do you eat food on Christmas? I eat food on Christmas, and I think we might be in the same house. Do you like eating food? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on down the line. Let's scoot down. I'm going to grow tall again. Hello, and what is your name? 
My name is Cortana. And Cortana, how old are you? I'm nine years old. And what is the square root of 84? <laughs> what does Christmas mean to you, sweetie? Christmas means um, that means um, celebrating Jesus' birthday and being with family and friends. That is awesome. So, now that we've heard from the children, I have a really quick question that I think Cortana has something that can answer it for us. What can anyone tell me is the true meaning of Christmas? Sure, I can tell you what the the I sure I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And here, where in the same country, shepherds of Abending in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone ar about around them, about them. They were so afraid. The, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, and which, which shall be to all my people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to, unto you. Ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there, there was by... And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and going will toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that was the speech Linus gives during Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> so let's just give a round of applause for our kids. We were really nervous coming up here. Right. And we're going to go have strudel. <laughs> there you go. Thank you guys so much. And uh, there's, there's many more young kids in the church. Uh, this is just the group that decided to come up for Christmas Family Sunday. Um, but as you can see, I have a little bit of what the twins have. Inability to like stand up and like I, that's that was me back in the day, just all over the place. And um, it's good to see that though. It's good to see them kind of kind of get involved. And so I want to be able to close this service here on this last last few few words in this verse 19 here. And as I'm doing that, uh, let's get prepared for our offering. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here. But I keep getting stuck on this word fullness here. And it's interesting that the Lord kind of took me to this verse for Christmas Family Sunday. And also what we're going to be talking about next week as we continue in chapter 12 of the book of Romans. It'll be verses 3, I think, through 8. And how that kind of ties into also our foundational scripture, which is Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We know that this church is an apostolic church fivefold, meaning that the five offices, the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, and the prophet are here to equip. But there's a measuring stick. It says, to the fullness of the stature that belongs to Jesus Christ. Something I want to send you guys away with here. 
is that the fullness that's being talked about here is something that, the, that Christ wants us to know what this fullness is. So that we can know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that we may be filled up with the fullness of God. See, in, in my growing up, I don't think that... And I'm talking like from birth to all the way till yesterday, till now. 32 years. And operating in the fullness of who Christ is, is knowing that He's a God of justice. He's a God of authority. But He's also a God of love and He's a God of grace. You have to have all of it. Because when all of it is there, all of it comes out. If we just have God as a God of justice, we operate in that and, and we're just running around smacking people in the head with the Bible saying, you know, you're, get right. <laughs> Jesus is coming. This fullness, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm appealing to you this morning to let the fullness of God operate in you and dig into what that is. If there is a sense of unworthiness in you, to let the Lord get at that. If there is a sense of, this is going to sound weird, thinking too highly, let the Lord get at you for that. We're going to look at that in Romans 12, 3. Paul says, hey, I want you to know, by the grace being given to me, don't think too highly of yourself. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't think highly of yourself. He's saying, I want you to think exactly how Christ wants you to think. Exactly how he wants you to be. That's how I want you to act. Because when the fullness is in you, the fullness comes out of you. Are you with me this morning, church? So being rooted and grounded in love. Take that into your family this holiday season. Let the family, let your piece of the family be rooted and grounded in love. And let that come out. Amen? Let's come on up here as we uh, take our offering here. We'll pray. Everybody said, Amen.